and welcome to Connected, episode 336. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Hover, and Mac Weldon. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined, as always, by Federico Vitici. Hello, hi, it is me. Hello. The Italian guy. Hi, how are you? You're so much more than that, though. Well, thank you. Uh, also joined by Mike Hurley. Hello, hi, it is me, the British guy. Guys, so much more than your motherland. Yes, we are also Europeans. Well, well one of you. Well, <laughs> less. <laughs> Geographically, <laughs> yes. Geographically, we are in the same continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. How are you, Stephen? Tell us something about you. I'm American. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean... That's true. The, the, that we all know. But Can't tell us something about one. you. Before we do follow-up, uh-huh. is there anything you want to say? I'm just so glad to be here with you all. Cool. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, I don't think... I, I didn't eat breakfast today. I skipped it. Ooh, why? I was late out the door to take a kid to school, and then I came home and went to work. But you I had, had lunch, for though. Lunch. Okay, you had lunch? For bre- I had yogurt. Just a very... Mm. Me too. Basic breakfast. Oh, nice. We, we can be yogurt bodies. Mm, look at us. Our bodies can digest dairy. Mm. Well, it was <laughs> lactose-free. It was lactose-free. Oh, so. take that. Take Mine that. wasn't. Mm. Mine was lactose-full. <laughs> it was all just lactose. Just lactose. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole cup yeah. of lactose. Lactose, <laughs> really. <laughs> yum, Tasty. yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> what did you have for a break for lunch, Stephen? I had uh, some chicken with rice and uh, half a bottle of water. Why half? Because the other half is here. Why did you feel the need to put the water in your lunch order? Like, why did why was that? Did you did you, did you, wait, did you did you pour the water on the chicken? No, <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. Mm, I can't be bothered to drink, so it all has to go in at the same time. <laughs> what did you eat for lunch, Mike? Uh, I didn't have why lunch. Why are we talking about this? You, you started, you started it. it, but why do you listen to all of my suggestions? That's true. That's true. <laughs> why uh, do you so just go up. with it? Follow up. No, it turns no, out. No, it tu- no, what, no, what? no. What else has Federico eaten today? Uh, I don't need- Oh, yeah. I had some turkey and some salad. That sounds, sounds good. Yeah, but very light, um, very light uh, lunch. You don't yeah. want a heavy meal before podcasting. He sure. said, having eaten chicken and rice. Mike. Yeah. Turns out you're just bad at mice. No, this is not true. So, uh, first, Kirk and Kefka uh, in the Discord told me this. Then, over the week, many, many people have told me this, which I appreciate. This is great feedback. The Logi or Logitech, depending on where you are in the world, the, their little unifying receiver, their little dongle uh, that you can plug in for their mice and keyboards does work with the MX Master 3 for Mac, even though the Logitech website says my mouse is Bluetooth only, and I included a link in the document. Uh, I could, I, don't, I guess I'll try and put this in the show notes somehow. I haven't worked out how yet, but I'll do that. Which, it, If you could look at it, it says the connectivity, Bluetooth, right? And then the regular MX Master 3 says Bluetooth and unifying. So you can obviously see why I just naturally assumed my mouse only worked with Bluetooth. Uh, but if you plug in the unifying receiver, install the software, good to go. And now my mouse works like a dream because I don't have to use Bluetooth anymore. It's great. I have a, a real problem with okay. you specifically. Oh, this isn't oh. fair. Why have you put photos in the show notes? There's like three of them. 
and I hate it. Why? Yeah, I know. I went on a... So, okay. So, there, there are three images I put in the show notes today. That was my favorite part. I appreciated the, the visual uh, coup. Th- the reason is, the things that I have put in there, we will get to them in turn. The only way that I could share the information with you both in a concise way is to include screenshots. Like, there was no, there was no other way to do it. I don't think our show is known for conciseness. Well, I mean, otherwise I would have said to you, all right, scroll down the page, scroll down the page. All right, do you see that? See, now do you want me to do that? Because i tell you what, I'll delete no, these. I, no, please leave them in. Yeah, see, I, Federico gets it. Yeah. So instead of you being bad at mice, Logitech is really bad at making different products. Well, I just don't understand why so they dumb. just seem to suggest that only, that it, like it doesn't work. It, it doesn't make any sense and to me. And is that the only difference between the one for Mac and the regular one? I don't According? I don't actually know what the difference is between them. They cost the you same. Know, do you know what it is? It's a USB-C to uh, C. Oh, for the charging, charging or like the built-in cable? Yeah. yeah, but that's just the cable that they give you in the box. Awesome. And it's a slightly different color. Also, USB-C is all over PCs now. <laughs> I know. I you know, know what really you know what really bothers me in this image in the size section? Full size is written in one way. In the left column, and in a different way in the right Ooh, column. Full full hyphen size. Maybe that's another difference between Mac and Windows <laughs> is the use of hyphens oh. in full size. <laughs> Windows uses hyphens, and uh, I mean it's the, yeah. This is the kind of thing that really bothers me. Like you should ask for a refund if only because of this. Um, in any case, I also like how they under power rechargeable USB C to C space. Slash space seventy days, seventy days of battery life. Of what? Seventy days of what? Yeah. Seventy days to charge it. Seventy days of summer. <laughs> That's how long it takes. <laughs> it's really slow. That's a good movie. That days five hundred days of summer. You just referenced it. That's a good movie. No, but it's a, it's really not a good movie. It's Why really. Why'd you reference it then? No. I like it. It's uh, yeah. Federico. Yes, what it is me. And the world mm-hmm. is happening with iOS 14.5 and music apps. I thought we knew what they were doing. What's happening is that Apple is, um, well, if you want to have my honest opinion, I is do. Chicken it, is chickening out on calling it for what it is. And, uh, and I'm referring to the ability to set a different a default music service in iOS 14.5. So we talked about this feature that first appeared in beta 1 of iOS 14.5 was sort of removed in 14.5 beta 2, or at least some people were not able to make it work correctly, and then returned with some updated text labels in Siri in the latest beta, beta 3, last week. Now, we talked about this. Uh, The idea is that you can ask Siri to change to play music from one particular service, and after choosing from a list of compatible services, um, and this works for music, for podcasts, and for audiobooks, Siri will stick to that option. So there's no page in settings, but you are effectively setting a different default. And we also mentioned how in the month that I had been using this um, Spotify as my default for Siri, despite my variety of requests playing playlists and radio stations and albums, singles, all kinds of things. Siri never prompted me to change, to switch from Spotify. It never asked me to pick a different service. So it is, practically speaking, 
setting a default in Siri. However, Apple issued a statement to TechCrunch to quote-unquote clarify that this option does not mean that you will be able to change your default audio apps in iOS and iPadOS 14.5 because this feature will just be based on Siri's intelligence, is what Apple likes you to think, that Siri will be able to intelligently and over time adjust uh, the suggestions of apps that will be capable of playing music, podcasts, and audiobooks. And essentially, Apple's argument boils, boils down to there's no paging settings. It's not like changing the default for a web browser or an email client. Siri is actually trying to learn from you. And over time, you may be presented with the option to pick a different service. Or if you continue to manually request uh, they give the example of, let's say that you, the, well, they didn't actually say this, but I'm going to give you the practical version of it. So let's say that you use Spotify as a default service in Siri for playing music. But let's also say that for whatever reason, you keep asking, uh, play this radio station on Pandora. And you ask that enough times, at some point, Siri will notice that pattern and may ask you, hey, do you want to switch to, Pan do you, you know, do you want to pick again the default music service? Because the idea is, we notice that you keep requesting Pandora, so maybe you want to choose again your default music service. So I kind of get it, but still, I keep thinking that this is a clever way to try and have it both ways, in the sense that you will not have a page in settings, you don't want to call it a default music player, because it's your, maybe it's your, in your best interest to have to still have that competitive advantage over Spotify. I mean, let's face it, that's the elephant in the room, right? Apple wants to make sure that as many people as possible keep using and subscribing to Apple Music. But at the same time, you kind of want to have something to show to regulators in the US and in the EU to say, but look, Spotify is complaining, but actually in 14.5, we launched this option that lets you play audio in Spotify by default just by asking Siri once. So it kind of feels like they want to try and, and try this approach, which is surprising to me because they did the exact opposite for web browsers. I mean, there's Google Chrome, uh, right? That can be set as a default in iOS 14. And for email clients, which, I mean, I get it. Email clients, maybe not a not a not as hot as a as a topic as uh, web browsers and and music players, but still, I understand the technicality of the clarification. I still think it comes from a place of trying and be a little too clever around it. Yes, the funny thing is, is it is exactly the worst case scenario we joked about last week. <laughs> A yes. Siri trying to learn. <laughs> yes. We literally said, oh, but Apple will, will spin it and they will frame it as, no, Siri is trying to be intelligent. and Like, we literally said this on the show. And uh, what, the next day or a few hours later, <laughs> this was actually the contents of the clarification to TechCrunch. So, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, it's great. Uh, great statement. Um, look, what I can tell you is they can spin it however they want. I set Spotify as my default over a month ago. It still is my default in Siri, and it never changed. So at the very least, 
it's uh, intelligent enough to know that it should use that as my default player. Apple have released a firmware update for the AirPods Max. Um, there's absolutely zero information about what this may or may not do. But the hope for me and many AirPods Max users is that it will improve the battery life issues that many people have been having with their AirPods Max in the sense of the fact that they will just be completely out of battery for seemingly no reason, even if uh, you put them in the silly case that they ship with. So I have in, I have a bit. My AirPods have updated to the new firmware, which my just as an aside, is so annoying that you can't just ask the thing to update. You have to like just keep plugging and unplugging and plugging and unplugging, and hopefully you'll get it. Um, and I don't know. It's very anecdotal right now, of course, because I've only had it for a day. But I charged my AirPods up today. I used them for a bit, and I've left them just on the desk, not in the case. And I still have a hundred percent battery on them, which is not the experience that I've had all the time. It is, but this is the problem: it is the experience I've had sometimes. So this is going to take a long period of time for me to understand or for anyone to understand if this has actually done anything to fix the issue. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I was looking around on Reddit um, to see if you know people had had any experiences so far that they wanted to share. And this is uh, screenshot two. It's just a comment that I thought was very funny. It was the top comment on the thread about this firmware. It says, cue the inevitable Safari seems snappier comment which just really made me laugh. Just the idea of every software update ever, someone will say that Safari feels faster, which is very true as a thing. And I just like that in the sense of like, even just a firmware update for the AirPods Max, someone's going to think it'll make Safari quicker for them. Makes your headphones faster. <laughs> headphones are way faster. That's been a meme since before y'all used the Mac. Yeah, hey, I, I know where the meme comes from. It comes from online forum boards. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, when was no. Safari introduced? Two thousand two thousand three, three I think two thousand two. I mean, not that much longer than. I mean, it would have been within the first two releases of Safari. Safari web browser first. Re- I was right. First released January two thousand three. Eighteen years ago. So I don't really think that your uh, your 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 attempted burn holds up. Safari two was two thousand five. I think it was a nice try, but it doesn't. doesn't Safari work. three was two thousand seven. Oh man, remember Safari for Windows? That was a fun time <laughs> to be alive. I remember the weird Safari with the tabs on top. Remember yes. that? Yes, that was I that do. was weird and cool. I kind of loved it though because it was weird. Yeah, we will put a uh, put a link in the show notes. People haven't seen that because it is <laughs> it is weird. There, there. Oh, look, here's something. Uh, on Macworld. Yeah, we'll link to that. I used Hey World. Hey. Hey's blogging World. thing. <laughs> mm. It was mostly done from a joke. Uh, we're going to talk about the iMac Pro a little bit uh, shortly. And I woke up to, there was a, a blog post from Stephen and a blog post from John, both shared in our iMessage channel. So I just thought I would continue uh, a joke and wrote something in uh, Hey World and just shared it. Uh, you know what? It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's like a little feature. It's like a fun little feature. It's fine. Um, I don't know. I'd be a little bit worried about like accidentally emailing <laughs> something to this email address. 
Um, you know, like maybe there's like something which is uh, close enough to it that I would accidentally send an email to that and now I've published my email. Um, I've released the emails, as they would say. Uh, but, you know, it's fine as a, as a thing. Um, I have new complaints with Hey, but I'm not going to subject them to you. Uh, but suffice it to say, I continue to find new issues. One of which I reported to their support team today, mm. and they, the support team was very nice. Did nice. they fix it? I have my. They said they will look into yeah. it. Yeah, uh, they're just trying to get you off their lawn. I'm going to tell you what it is now. I'm going to tell yeah, you tell what us. it is now. So I had an email that I wanted to save as a PDF because it was a receipt. Uh, I was very annoyed to find out that on the Mac, uh, there is no way to do this. What? Right? There's no like inbuilt thing. So like Incredible. on on iOS, there's it says share or print, and so you could share it, and you can you know maybe bring up the print dialog, turn it into a PDF, whatever. There's no sharing or printing thing on the Mac app. So I was like, okay, let me just try and print this. So I pressed Control P, nothing happened. I went up to File, Print, nothing happened. So I sent an email to their support team and they're like, hmm, it should, it should be working. Uh, does it work in the web version? So I was like, okay, open the website, did the whole login and it did. And they're like, oh, what computer are you on? And I was like, an M1 Mac. And like, hmm, that must be the problem. We'll look into it. We don't have one of the, I don't have one of those. I'll look into it. So funny, another funny thing. I have, okay, now I have another complaint that I'm going to give you. Uh, the they had that linking feature, right? You have a personal account and a business account. You can link them together, one login, both accounts. I don't want to do that, right? Like, I don't want to link my business and my personal email with one login. That seems like a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. I want separate logins. On the iOS app, you can log into two Hey accounts. Hey, right? hey. And you don't have to link them. So you can log into your personal one and your, and your business one. On the Mac app, you can't do that. You have to link them. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I also a uh, friend of the show Quinn uh, of flashback Quinn Nelson he was tweeting about sharing my same complaints about hey and there ended up I think Jason Freed ended up getting in on the conversation and was basically said that the Mac app is not a priority for them mm. which I thought was weird and a shame to be honest it's almost as if they should have a real Mac app I well at the very least the iPad app yeah, just put the, yeah, just cat, just hit the catalyst button and move on. Well, not even. I mean, they can they can make catalyst, but like make the app available in the app store. I still get, I'm still frustrated at developers that haven't just ticked that box. Just let me try. Mm-hmm. Let just just tick the box and let me try. Yeah. If you're not gonna do it, just let me at least give it a go. It's gonna be a I a better experience than me trying to use your horrific web app. Which is, it's not even. Uh, I don't want to get into this. You again. are already in I'm it, trying. man. Just go. I am trying to use this. Like it just annoys me so much. It annoys me so much. The Mac app is it's just a web browser, and yeah. like I don't understand it because like, who is your audience? Yeah. Right. Like, do, are you saying that like because the the, the web version's not Come really on. that great anyway it should, you know like it's not like the thing people love about gmail's web interface is it's like legitimately very good and fast but like you know and also one of the things i like about gmail i know people maybe don't like this but right click means something you can do stuff right so you can right click in gmail and it's not and you can actually use the right click. You can't do that with Hey, right? It's like I end up in these experiences where all I want to do is mark this e- email as being 
uh, unseen. So it goes back up to the top of the list because I don't want it to be in the bottom of the list of all of the email that I've seen ever in my entire life. And I have to click it and then click another button. But if I right click, it's like, hey, do you want to save this page as a web archive? It's like, no, I don't want to do that. You're supposed to be an application. I blame you for this, Federico. I just want you to know. Hey seems bad. I can see why people like it. I'm still not into it enough to really get the benefit of it. But like, the more I'm using it, I can I can get it right because there's things about Hey that I already tried to do to my other email, which is like using Samebox to try and like filter some stuff for me. This is built in for that. And do you know what the iOS app? I actually do like it a lot. I think it's nice to use. It's it's a fun thing to use. Like I think it's pretty good, but the just their other experiences are are really bad, and and I genuinely can't get my head around it. To be honest, like I I and I will say now that like hearing them say like the Mac app is not a priority. Oh, but by the way, we're gonna put engineering time on turning our email platform into a blogging engine. Like, that annoys me now. It's like the thing that I was talking about where it's like, this is frustrating to me and weird to me that they would do this. When they are then saying things like, the Mac app is not a priority, like a Mac experience they kind of don't care about. It's like, I don't I don't really know who your customer base is, honestly. Because if you're selling a work tool, people want to use these apps on their computers, right? Not just on their phones. But I still have questions for you. Though, oh, sorry, sorry, blog. sorry. Like, I want to go back to the blog. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So, what? First of all, what can we expect from this Mike Hurley blog? Nothing. This one post, probably. So, I, is this going to be your only post on this blog? Who knows, man? Maybe at some point, uh, Stephen and John will both write a post about the same thing on their respective websites, and then I'll feel like is I that wanna... a way f- to trigger you into writing a blog post? Is that, is that possibly how it works? possibly possibly? I kind of dig this format of Mike thoughts in, what is it, 200 words or less. I used to like doing stuff like this, but I just... I I, dig it because it's better. Like, you could have tweeted all of this stuff, but it's nicer to see it on a web page. It's a wild concept called a blog post. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of think it fits you well. But, like, look, you guys know that I... I could spell really well. My problem is I'm a terrible proofreader. I am like the world's worst proofreader, right? You both notice about me. I can write a whole thing, read it 20 times, and I never see any errors, right? Like, But then as soon as I publish it, I see errors everywhere. I just don't... So I just can't be bothered with getting... Uh, like spelling checks and stuff like that. You know, like people telling me, like, oh, hey, you spelled this word wrong. Like I just really don't want to... I really don't want to do that. I'm actually looking now. I don't even know if you can go back and correct things. I don't <laughs> I know whether that would help me or not. Wait, I thought, I think somebody mentioned that you can edit these posts because then you like you, oh, yeah, you should yeah, have I a section yeah. in the app where you can make changes. Yeah, under the little waving icon, I have a thing that says, hey world right. now, and, and right. I can go in and, and edit posts. I don't know. Who knows? You know, there's there's a million things that I may or may not do. We'll see. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll be uh, encouraged to to write some more Hey World posts in the future. Okay, I will try and encourage you. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom. Do you have a website? Maybe a new blog you just launched? Does it have a shopping cart, registration forms, contact us pages? 
If you answered yes to these questions, then you need to check out Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad user experience for your users and could mean lost business. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. It will alert you when things like cart checkouts, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and before they affect your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. So if disaster strikes, you'll be the first one to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show. More follow-up. You know, talking about talking about email, I have to just share. But I, I tweeted this, but I have to just talk about it here on the show today. I get me and Stephen probably get the same similar kind of email like this. Just constant, just constant email from like getting pitches of who knows what, right? I have this person on the show. I have this person on the show. You should have our podcast on your network it's just like constant barrages of pitch emails all day and i got a we got a pitch email today which was about wanting to redesign our entire website which i i have no idea oh yeah i got those okay two. i have no idea who's ever said yes right like yes random person i don't know i would like you to redesign my entire uh, website just, please but this person's opening line is one of the most incredible COVID-related opening lines I've seen. Like, you know, we've all we've all gotten used to now, like, in this current situation, you know, like, all those kinds of lines. This this email opens with, I hope you've been staying positive and testing negative. Sure. I mean... What a line. I mean, like, what? who who responds to that and says... But this person yeah, cuts good. right to the chase, right? It's like, I hope you're feeling great and that you're still alive. It's like, that is literally like, it's, I mean, I kind of love it. I I love it. It's one of the best things I've heard. I just want to know the the thought process. Like, was it that they wrote, like, I hope you're staying positive and then thought, oh, that should, that word has more connotations now. And instead of editing it out, just doubled down, right? They were like, oh, you thought I meant, thought I was talking well, about how COVID? Can well, now I'm better, really going though. for it. Let me. It's like way positive. Mm. <laughs> Let me <laughs> rephrase by making it worse. <laughs> it's so bad. I just don't know who is gets that email and they're like, Haha, "I want to enter into this business relationship with this fun person." Very strange to me. Yeah, we we also get strange emails. Um, and and again, it's mostly like the problem is not. It's the kind of things that some people are asking, like, do you actually expect me? Because you can tell they're not spammers, right? They're not like, you know, these people that claim to have a huge inheritance for you, right? It's mm-hmm. not that kind of spam. You can tell these are actual PR people getting in touch with you. But also, like, what would you expect me to say or to reply I guess it's just like they have these machines sending these thousands and thousands of emails and every now and then someone says, yeah. Because like, I get these kinds of emails from companies that I know are reputable. Like I've seen them, I've heard their name and it's just like this is just a really weird sales process. Nevertheless, 
Uh, Stephen broke another iPhone. That's not... Wait, what? That's not true. Stephen broke another iPhone. What? You know how I know this stuff? I know when Stephen gets new machines. How? Because we share enough... Uh, accounts of things together ah, that yes. over the yeah, space the of a alerts. couple of days i get like a bunch of emails from twitter and they're like a new sign in on at relay fm from memphis tennessee and then sometimes it just happens it's like oh, okay like maybe steven's using a new app or whatever and then a day later or two another sign in for connected fm on for memphis i'm like ah something's going on here so i text steven and said do you have a new iphone and he said the power d- button died so he broke another phone. I didn't break it. None of these things ever happened to me. This this particular phone, the the sleep wake button just slowly descended into the body of the phone where anytime you touched it, it triggered Siri because it thought it was just stuck down. And uh, so I chatted with Apple and they sent me a new one. No charge. There's not accidental damage. But I just don't think that these things are normal wear and tear issues. How how would I how would I smash a button? I don't know compression from your skinny jeans. Uh, see, we don't, I I don't believe you. It's that is literally like an issue that I never heard of before. So the button practically sank into the phone. I mean, <laughs> sure, sure, it sure did, Stephen. Uh huh. Yeah. Look, the, it, the the button sunk into the phone after I dropped it down a flight of stairs. What do you want <laughs> from me? Drop this phone. Uh-huh. I didn't drop it. And Apple Apple replaced it under Apple Care, so that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. They did not consider sure. it damaged because it wasn't damaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been in a case most of its life. You know, you know what's really sad about all of this is that we we always, you know, Mike and I, we pride ourselves in in thinking that this show is a safe space for sharing certain truths about the things that happen, and you instead decided to. Sell us on this story of the sinking button. Because it wasn't a story you were forthcoming with, was it? Because there's nothing to say. It's like a random hardware failure. You didn't tell anyone you were onto iPhone 27. (laughs) There have been more iPhone 12 phones than one would expect. Did you record this breakage in your incomplete list of breakages? No, because it's not breakage. I didn't drop I bet it. You have a di- I, be- I bet you so have how a... Di- so how many phones have been replaced that we never found out about, you know? None of them. At this point, I'm questioning everything. Did yep. you guys see? There's been a, a new development. There's breaking, um, breaking news. Oh, God. Sure. You can call it that. For quite a long time now, if you've broken the rear of your phone, the, the back glass, as the kids call it, you would have to have your whole phone replaced because of the way the phones were constructed. Literally everybody calls but it that. But now there is something called the iPhone rear system, which is a part that lets <laughs> an Apple store <laughs> or an ASP replace just uh, the, the back of the phone. Uh, basically, I think you get a new rear enclosure and then they scoop all the guts out of your old phone and put it in the new phone. And you don't have to go through a backup and restore. I don't like the expression "scoop all the guts out of the out of a, like I just, scoop them up." That, just, I just don't like it. I don't like rear system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one way to call it, uh, uh-huh. but still cool, right? This is cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's nice that they can do this. Um, I wonder if there will ever be a time when they will be able to do like when you break your iPad. 
they can just change the, the display without actually changing the entire unit, for example. Uh, although I guess that situation there is different. Um, because if you remember, I broke my iPad Pro twice in two years. Mm -hmm. And both times they had to actually give me a new iPad. Uh, you cannot just uh, fix the display. They got to give you a new, a new unit under Apple Care Plus. Uh, let, let me keep reading in this uh, because it, it, you may have to actually restore your data. So the iPhone rear system allows them... This is a very confusing sentence. Okay, I'm just going to read it. Apple stores and ASPs have a new iPhone rear system part available to them that consists of the rear enclosure of an iPhone with all components except the display and rear camera, but includes the battery logic board, wireless charging coil, Taptic engine, face ID system, and so forth. It's basically the entire phone. So it is mostly a new phone. You just get your old scratched screen back. So you probably do have to do a data uh, backup and restore this way. I mean, it's still cool. Not as cool as it was. This is a very confusingly cool. written sentence. Mac rumors. Joe. It's like, oh, we only have to replace 75% of the phone. Mm -hmm. Instead. So yeah, don't drop your phone. That's what we're saying. You t do you say that in a mirror? That's what you should do. You're the only one of us that ever breaks phones. Phone, you're dropped. Don't. There. I said in the mirror. Oh my God. <sighs> It doesn't even make sense because that's not how it works. Okay, how do you end a podcast while you're still recording the podcast? <laughs> like, like because if you Google. put that in a mirror, it still wouldn't uh, make sense. Because <laughs> the letters would all be backwards. Podcast. How to end a podcast on Google? The step-by-step -step guide. Oh, and see how to end your podcast episodes. No, I just want to end the show. <laughs> like, how to, what should I include in my outro? How to close with style. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, so thank you, everybody, for following along for the past eight years. <laughs> Unfortunately, this show is ending because Steven is bad at jokes. <laughs> and uh, we love you. Mike and I love you. Steven, I cannot speak yep. for him. Thank you. Thank you to Bye all everyone. our sponsors. Bye, everyone. It's been fun. I hope you will continue to enjoy Steven's solo show where he just shares these so-called jokes with you on air. It was so bad. So thank you and goodbye. And the show is ended. So um, yep. now All it's just going to be... It's not yes. the show anymore. Okay. This is the post-show for members because we're still going to keep charging them for money. <laughs> 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 we're, not, because, we're, not, like, we're not silly. Man, Men's gotta eat, right? Yeah. So, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> what's next? Lamine asked, "Are any of you still using the Moshi Eye Visor on your iPad Pro?" I am not. I removed it. Ooh, uh, what happened there? Did it interfere with the kickstands or something? No, 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 no. I haven't used the kickstands in a in a while. <laughs> oh, it's all change. I mean, the Magic Keyboard changed everything, right? Mm. So I I left it uh, during the summer, and then it was just September, October when I came. Uh, it was in September after I came back from the beach house. Like you know what, I want to switch a few things around. It was like when you're when you're shopping for new clothes. You know, I just wanted to feel fresh and new, and so I was like, I'm gonna go back to using the iPad without the screen protector. It looks very nice. Um, but it's obviously the Moshi still in my drawer, and uh, 
probably going to put it back for the summer because of reflections on the display. If I will end up having to write at the beach, which I don't know at the moment, can we even go to the beach this year? I don't know. So I just, no particular reason. I still love it. I still like it. Um, obviously going back to the uh, screen protector free iPad display makes you appreciate the iPad's display again, right? It's so bright and colorful. Yeah. You get the, it's crisp. Uh but it's I didn't remove it because I didn't like it anymore. I just wanted to switch things around, as I always do. Because otherwise, you know, life gets boring if you get stuck on using the same things forever. So I'm still using it. Yeah, because you're boring. <laughs> I do have these instances where I take it off and like the screen is so much crisper. You know, like it it is clearer, but I do like the the matte effect. I I like that there isn't a glare on the iPad screen. Uh, I hope that they find a way in the future to offer it as an option. I don't know how they would do it, but yeah, I still have. I actually have two versions of the Moshi Eye Visor. Uh, I have the big one and the small one for the for the iPad Pro 11 inch, which I'm no longer using because Sylvia stole it from me. Um, so I'm sorry that you've been a victim of a crime. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Hover, one of Relay FM's longest running sponsors. When you have that one big idea, where do you go? Where do you start? Well, a business starts with a domain name. And for many, many people, including all of us, Hover is that first big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for you, waiting for you to come and adopt it. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your info. Really clean UX and UI so it's intuitive, easy to use right out of the box, really simple and clean, easy to navigate. And they have monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. I have all of my domains over at Hover. A lot of serious domains, domains for jokes. And one of the great things about domains for jokes or you want to cover like a uh, a common maybe a common misspelling of a domain or something like that hover makes it really easy just to forward a domain to another one and so i've got several iterations of say 512pixels.net and i just have them forwarded over to the actual real url really easy to do took just a couple of minutes each so go check out hover buy your domain start using it today by going to hover.com slash connected and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time is hover.com slash connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the show and Relay FM. It's dead. Whoa, the podcast is dead and gone. Because Federico left? I think he's um, sleeping. All right, he's taking a nap now. Um, I'm putting on my boring emoji reaction in zoom hold on <laughs> there yeah, it there is <laughs> the thing there is the emoji is. you've picked is the opposite of boring because you picked like the surprise face guy that's because i like to keep you in your toes right is he surprised or bored you'll never know uh, so he could be yawning maybe yeah well, that uh, honestly that's what i thought initially no there is a different yawn emoji i figured you would be better at working out what emojis are by their looks by now but mm. clearly the Jeremy's haven't completely sunk in with you at this no. point. Nope. They're coming soon, though. So stay subscribed. 
Smash mm-hmm. that follow button, Apple Podcast. Okay, so the iMac Pro is on sale while supplies last. If that sounds familiar, you see it in your town when the mattress company goes out of business while supplies last. Same thing here, except this is a $5,000 10-core Xeon computer and not a mattress from a guy. Mattresses can, can be expensive. Five grand? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't pay that for mine. If they don't cut out the middle, man. Easy. They probably will. Easy. <laughs> they probably will be. We don't want the, a ghost of a past sponsor to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about this? Oh, I'm not surprised. Right? I don't think anyone should be. I think it's easy to see a future where the Apple Silicon iMac easily spans the low end to the high end. The iMac Pro came from a time where the Mac Pro was not going to exist anymore. Then they decided to build a Mac Pro, which I'm very thankful for because I really love it. But uh, this machine is, uh, you said it on um, on Upgrade, it's kind of from like a parallel universe. It's from a different timeline. That said, the iMac Pro is a fantastic computer. And I really, really enjoyed my time with one. I'd still be using it, except... Having a Mac Pro was like a lifelong dream, and so I I did that. Well, not lifelong, but you know, since since two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean, how many professional Macs do you actually have? One, two, three, four, five. There's six Power Macintoshes I can see, plus an old style Mac Pro. So a lot, but they're not my machines I use. You know, to right. do to okay. do work. It mean, could be. It'd just be very slow. I've got the cube, but that doesn't really count. So how do you feel about it? Because you're sitting in front of one of these. Yeah, it's a piece of junk. <laughs> this, this dead computer, this EOL computer, it's been end of life. What am I supposed to do? How long is it going to be? Into, what is that thing that they have, like vintage machines? Is that what they call it? Yeah, that's, like that? that's five years after date of manufacture for the model kind of thing. I mean, mine's not very close, not very far away from that. This machine was made in 2017. Well, it'll be five years since they end the model. So five years counting whenever this page finally doesn't load anymore. Which is, I mean, any time from now. I mean, I was obviously going to upgrade this computer, right, to some kind of Apple Silicon machine. And, I mean, I expect it will occur this year. This is the longest... I have used any Mac for. No way. You had, no, you had your 2015 iMac for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, the 2015 iMac, I, well, I replaced that in maybe 2018 or something. With with this machine? I think this, yeah, I think this might be the longest that I've used uh, a yeah, Mac You've had for. it a long time. I've had it a long time. Both of these ones, I've had them for a long time. It's a, it's a really, really good... Computer. Oh, I have live real-time follow-up. Okay. The confusing sentence on Mac Rumors has been fixed by Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mac Rumors, Joe. Thank you. He's in the Discord now. Oh wow! Just everywhere. What we've learned then is all we need to do is say people's names and they will join to become members. So okay. If the only thing that has been stopping you from becoming a Connected Pro member is having Federico say your name, just send us a tweet. And on next week's episode, we'll say a list of names, and you'll have to become members. Right. 
That's that's the service that we will start providing, I, I guess. I think you I think you've just reinvented OnlyFans. That's perfectly fine by me. Yes. Uh, this the, the timing of the iMac Pro going away is interesting. Maybe, yeah. Um, like I don't really know why they've done it now. I mean, there could be a million reasons why, right? And you can just pick whatever reason fits your own personal narrative. But like, it's super weird for them to kind of get rid of it right now. And then also, like the wild supplies last thing is just like so strange. Like, are they that hot? Right, that like, oh, quick, get your order get in it now. While it's, supplies last, because yes, everybody's like lining really... up for an iMac Pro these days. <laughs> God, step right up. Like, it's like a very strange thing to to put on the website anyway. Um, like, if you felt like you needed to do that, maybe you're still selling so many that it would be fine. I I don't know. Like, it's really weird to. Uh, I mean, we've all kind of assumed that the next Apple Silicon Mac set would be a more powerful MacBook Pro and probably like the corresponding iMacs, you know, performance-wise corresponding. This thing, though, sat at the top of the range of the Intel machines, but a couple interesting things have happened since then. One, the regular 5K iMac is as fast as the iMac Pro in some things, faster than others, but they're in the same ballpark now. Now they're not the same machine. The 5K iMac sounds like a leaf blower the second you breathe on the CPU, but that is that is what it is. So the current iMac, in many ways, best the iMac Pro, or at least competes with it. If Apple is on the verge of releasing new machines, this would make you think, well, they're going to go, like, they're going to have all the iMacs, right? They're just going to replace them all at once. But I don't think that's necessarily... What this says, I think that this is could go away, you know, the next couple of weeks, however long it takes to sell out of them. And we still don't see high-end Intel iMacs for a while. Uh, it could be that there's a component in here they can't get anymore or that it's just not it's, it's just not a good use of their resources to keep making these. Maybe they're only selling a few a week. I mean, who knows, right? I would imagine they're not selling a lot of iMac Pros right now. Um, I think, people- but you know, it's like they were selling the cylindrical Mac Pro for a really long time. You could buy that thing up until the day before the the new Mac Pro went on sale. Like that's what I find kind of weird about this. Y- yeah, but the difference is then there weren't necessarily other Macs. I don't remember all the the spec numbers, but. The trash can Mac Pro still had people because the, it was constructed the way it was, whose needs it met. And now the iMac Pro is flanked on one side by the 5K iMac, and then you go a little bit the other side, and you just have the Mac Pro sitting there. And so, in a way, mm. the iMac Pro, forget Apple Silicon for a second, has already kind of been squeezed out of the Intel lineup because these other two machines have converged on its territory, if you will. Yeah. So maybe it's more about okay, we are obviously moving away from Intel. Can we simplify the Intel line uh, until we get around to having Apple Silicon ready? Now, it could be that in two weeks we see an iMac that very obviously is this machine's replacement, but my guess is not selling very well, not that efficient to make them anymore. Maybe there's parts issues, and the reality is if you needed a machine like this, you, you actually have two options in the Intel lineup, depending on which direction you want to go. Where are you current? What's your current like prediction for Max in March? 
I mean, the rumors say no. In fact, there was a report today saying that the MacBook Pros, uh, the new MacBook Pros were entering like high production uh, in uh, the second half of the year. So yep. I kind of think it may be WWDC before we see new Macs. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish we'd see them in March because when did the M1 ship in November, December? Mm-hmm. Like six months is a mm-hmm. long time, but maybe that's how long we've got to wait. I was wondering if we would see like maybe the a base iMac with an M1 in it before, and then everything else waits for a second revision to the chips. Yeah, or or the you know like a higher spec version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is weird. Um, I think we could. I think if we see anything, it, you're exactly right. It would be an entry level iMac. It, sh- it shows Apple's hand with the design if they're if they're changing the design, and and boy, I hope they are. Because that oh, if they don't, that'd be so uh, sad. That twenty-one inch iMac, the M1 would suit that computer just fine. It would be faster, mm-hmm. way faster than the twenty-one inch iMac is now. You already have the parts, right? If you're just bringing the M1 over to it, so I don't know. I think out of all the machines that are left, the twenty-one inch iMac, or maybe it's twenty-four inches, maybe it gets a little bit bigger. The low-end iMac seems like the obvious next place to go with the parts we currently know about that apple has you know shipping and in machines now yeah because i mean i don't know about you but like i didn't expect macbook pros until second half of the year anyway like it felt like a wwdc announcement always to me like i i didn't think we were going to get them any sooner than that yeah i mean maybe it was just me being excited um i think you got over excited maybe, maybe. It's, it's hard not to this stuff is so much fun uh-huh so isn't it federico yes I mean, I'm, I'm just jumping up and down on my seat thinking about <laughs> Pro. Well, I got Max. some good news for you, Federico. I got some good news for you. Yes. There's apparently a big overhaul coming to TweetDeck. Mm. The Verge That's... had a big interview with Twitter's head of product, Kayvon Bakepore, Um, and they're saying they're going to be remaking it from the ground up. I like the sound of that. Okay, go on. Okay. Yes. I mean, that's all I have for you. <laughs> I don't have anything else. They're just make, remaking it from the ground up. Okay, so a couple of things. I really hope that this remake from the ground up means that it's also coming to iPad. Mm. Uh, because right now it's web and, and Mac and PC only. Because uh, you I use still, it, right? I Where do you use, use right it? Now, on my Mac. Right now, okay. I'm... The, the way that I use Twitter on my Mac is via TweetDeck. And I'm looking at it right now. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight columns um, opening TweetDeck. So Better there's my timeline. social media intern over there. I am my own social media manager. I am also a bad person because I follow... Um, Things like Pokemon and Italian TV via Twitter searches. Why is that bad? Well, because it's a huge waste of time, right? Because uh, you find uh, all uh, these okay. tweets and suddenly you just wasted 40 minutes yeah. clicking on links and mm-hmm. reaction GIFs and that kind of uh, stupid stuff. Um, but it's also a very effective approach to Twitter because, like, set aside, like, disregard the last two columns for those saved searches, which, by the way, it's a powerful feature uh, that you can have in in 
I mean, you can do it in Twitter, in the official app, but you can also do it in TweetDeck and it becomes a lot more fun because each search can become its own column. Uh, but what I do, for example, and there's a link in the show notes, for a couple of years now, I have not read my mentions via the native mentions tab. Instead, I put together in 2019 a saved search on Twitter that displays in the same... Um, window both replies and quote tweets right so people who quote tweet one of my tweets they show up in the same list by default they do not because by default in twitter in in the mentions tab you only see mentions and then if you want to see quote tweets you gotta go to the notifications tab instead via this saved search i made it more like tweetbot which i believe it's the only app that collects both mentions and quote tweets in the same list maybe twitterific does it too um and so in TweetDeck, that can just be its own column. And I can place it right after the timeline because I can drag and drop columns however I want. Um, so I really hope that, I mean, good news. Like, I like it that they're working on it. It's great to know that it's still in active development. Uh, and I hope that these... Uh, Rebuilding from the ground up means they're also bringing this to iPad because I have been trying for a long time to sort of a try and, and find something similar to tweet to TweetDeck on iPad. And now I still use the official app because I believe that the real Twitter experience is the is the, the official app. But there are times when I'm more in a sort of a news discovery kind of mode where maybe I just want to. I just want to see all the links that people have shared about a particular topic or I need to go through my mentions. Like, I, I'm not necessarily keeping up with Twitter as I normally do. I'm more, like, dealing with it for work, right? And so there's a couple of options when it comes to multi-column Twitter on iPad. The first one is TweetBot 6, which is the latest version of TweetBot, and obviously you can you can have two columns, as always. You can have the timeline and a, and a narrow column on the right side of the screen. But the more interesting option, I think, is Aviary. So Aviary is this new third-party Twitter client that came out alongside iOS 14, and the developer has released a lot of updates in the past few months. It was actually highlighted by the Twitter um, API portal a couple of days ago, I think, as one of the new apps using the modern Twitter API. And what you can do on, in the iPad version of Aviary, you can have up to three columns. You can choose to have a narrow or sort of a collapsed sidebar on the left side of the screen. You can choose to show the sidebar alongside the columns or not. And you can switch the middle column to, to either display your mentions or your DMs or a saved search or a list. And what's even nicer about Aviary is that um, there's lots of settings to choose from. They are presented relatively clearly. I mean, it's not as confusing as, say, iCab, for example, right? All the settings are very neatly organized. I mean, that's not... I mean, you've hardly set any kind of relatable bar. It's, it's not a high bar, I know, but I'm just here to tell you, like, this is an app with tons of settings, but it's not confusing to, to tweak them. And what I like is that when you click on a tweet 
in the timeline, you can choose to have the, the detail page for the tweet open in the rightmost column. So that's a very nice touch because you can keep scrolling and then you say, oh, let me open this tweet for like, I want to watch a video or something. And then you can just pin it to the side, which is cool. The, the problem with Aviary is that you cannot open an unlimited number of columns. So it's not like TweetDeck because I want like three columns are not enough. Because I mean, between the timeline, mentions, and DMs, I'm already, you know, uh, I, I don't have any more columns. Mm. So I think Aviary is on the right path in terms of trying to offer a TweetDeck-like experience on iPad. It's definitely the closest one so far, but I would love to open more columns instead of just being limited to three of them. Because like I said, I want to have saved searches and I want to have lists in there. And so right now, it's not possible. But the fact that this application is using all the modern iPadOS APIs, right? So native sidebars, context menus. I mean, everything about it looks great. And the developer has been fixing a bunch of uh, visual glitches and bugs that people have been reporting lately. The last time I tried it, it was kind of buggy. And I just, I, I, I've been using it for the past couple of days. It's much better now. But I want to have more columns. Now, I, I don't know if maybe it's an API limitation that they need to uh, throttle the requests and maybe more than three columns becomes a problem. I don't know. Yep. But all I'm saying is maybe even if Twitter does not bring TweetDeck to iPad, maybe there's hope with something like Aviary. Or maybe the TapBots folks will finally understand that more than two columns could work on an iPad in landscape. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they got distracted by. You know, some companies like have a core thing, like Evernote, right? They have a core thing, and then they they've run off the rails and they come back like oh no our core <laughs> thing is bad and they try to but fix you, it and you can tell but you can tell the moment that Evernote got distracted right you, you can point at yeah. a specific moment in time and say yeah socks. that's when you did the socks mm-hmm. I mean that's so right clear. but like what has Twitter been doing they 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 have the world's simplest service it seems like compared to these other things and they just let things sit and rot like things like tweet I mean look Jack needed to meditate in a cave and grow a beard and eat seeds from the ground, all right? So the guy needed to do that. And I don't know, man. They seem to be doing stuff. I actually did hear a thing where Jack was saying they've been working for a long time to basically redo their entire underpinnings so they can start to be more responsive to product stuff. And I want to talk about one of those in a minute, actually. But the 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 head of product, uh, Big Paul, said... In the last year and a half, we've really stepped up both our commitment and follow through on just innovating around the API again, getting the API back to parity from our own internal APIs that we use to build functionality. The word parity is interesting to me there. We've spoken about this a bunch. Like, is it going to be, right? Like, world tap bots and aviary and Twitter, uh, yeah, Twitterific, like, they're going to be able to actually build a Twitter app, which is like the original Twitter app? Because I'll tell you what, whilst there's a lot of things I like about the Twitter app, there's one thing I really don't like, and it's trends. Mm. I don't want to see the trends every time I go to search. Because mm. what happens to me every time is I want to go search for something, right? Either an account or whatever. And I press that search button, and a word grabs my eye, and I'm like, what? And I can't help but click it. 
right? Mm. And I never leave those experiences feeling better than when I started. And I've seen the whole thing about like changing your location and it, but no, I, I just don't want to see trends. I just don't want to see the trends, right? And yeah, so I, I would, and, and other Twitter apps, third party Twitter apps that I've used it, you can disable that if you want to. And so I really hope that there are other, uh, there are things that come in the future where third party apps can integrate more with the typical Twitter experience. Uh, we'll see. Um, a new tweet deck could be a way that Twitter makes money. I think you know, like we were t- we've spoken in the past about them wanting to do subscription based stuff, because one of the things that we know Twitter is doing now is their super follow feature, right? Where you can basically pay creators. And in this interview, they were talking about how it seems that super follows is not something that they're particularly looking to really make a lot of money on, which I was surprised about. Like I had figured that they would, they spoke about doing the app store cuts, which they're going to have to do. But then I figured that they would probably do like a 50-50 revenue split with creators. But it seems at least that they're not necessarily looking at that kind of stuff and that they really see it as a way for creators to make money. Which I thought was interesting. So like, you know, you could make people pay for your hot takes and you would get most of the money for it. So maybe they end up doing something like a, hey, pay us for tweet deck kind of thing, which I think would make sense. I did want to know what the two of you thought about the super follow feature. Hmm. I think it's a very good idea. Um, I like, I want to see how many integrate, like I, I guess that it will go beyond just saying, pay me so that you can see this quote unquote protected tweets. Yeah, I can give you a little... They, they published a bunch of screenshots, right? Right. And one of the screenshots that they posted, whether they actually have all of this functionality available, mm-hmm. I don't know. But they, there's like this splash screen that came up and it's like, if you want a super follow to show your support, this person will earn money from your super follow and you'll receive the listed perks as a thank you. And these, these options of these perks were a supporter badge on your profile, subscriber-only newsletters, exclusive content, deals and discounts, and community access. So, like, maybe that is, like, you know, the the exclusive content is tweets and fleets and all that kind of stuff. Subscriber-only newsletters, maybe they're integrating with their newsletter platform that they bought. Deals and discounts, no idea what that means. Community access, figured maybe they could, like... Well, Spaces is one of them. I was also thinking, like, Discord. See, where it becomes interesting to me is whether they will, cons- they will consider having these kinds of external integrations, right? Yeah. Um, because, like, personally speaking, it, w- it would be interesting if uh, Twitter could integrate this feature with something like Memberful or Patreon or these other platforms to say... Well, they wouldn't work with Patreon, but they would work with all the things Patreon works with. Right, so like Patreon integrates with a bunch of things, but like there's no way Twitter and Patreon are going to integrate because that's complete. Com- they're like completely in opposition. Right, there. but m- my problem, for example, is I already have a membership um, program, right, and I wouldn't want to sell Twitter follow super follows as an additional thing. Ideally, what I would like to do is, if you're already a Cloud Max Stories member, you also have access to super follows. Well, I mean, you could do it the other way around, like. If you become a super follower of Federico, you get this, and also you get Club Max stories because you could. But how would you control that access, right? That's exactly. If they have integrations, you could just integrate your super follow and Mailchimp together, so you just skip. That. I would love to have a super follows API so that we can do that kind of stuff. 
Yes. But we'll we'll see, like, as to what, whatever they do. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it's intriguing, at least. I mean, there's a, there's a few people that I know I would like to support, right? There's a few folks on Twitter that I really enjoy. Like, whenever they do something, I check it out. And yeah, I I would definitely sign up for those kinds of accounts and get more and have access to a newsletter like what that kind of whatever you do, I'm gonna support you type of thing. I can think of a few Twitter users that I personally am a fan of, and so yes. I would like to do. Yeah, but it it really depends on just how enticing the whole package is, right? I don't want to just get a bunch of exclusive tweets. And a badge, like I don't care about the badge, right? I care about supporting the creator, and I care about the content. So I want to see how extensive w- the things that you can, like the, the the collection of things that you can offer, basically. Mm. Um, and I am, I'm very intrigued as a fan. I am very skeptical as a as a creator myself because. And I think we talked about this already. We chose years ago to have our own membership program, right? Uh, and there's obviously, mm-hmm. there's also a question of now trying to play devil's advocate for a second. But there's a question of, do you really want to build your uh, membership platform on top of a social network, right? There's the question of control. There's the question of, you don't really own your customers because you're, having this uh, this company in the middle of, of your relationship with them. To an extent, you could all, you could make the same argument for stuff like Patreon and Memberful, obviously, but the, the differenti- differentiating factor there is you can control everything via an API, right? And you have access to all the po- possible member data that you want to have. You control everything via Memberful, you control everything via Stripe, so you can you can do whatever you want basically in term in terms of managing people managing access to multiple tiers all that kind of stuff with tu- with twitter i have to assume it'll be a much more simple approach where you say hey sign up and people sign up and you see a list of people and uh, you probably cannot export anything and you get your cut at the end of the month or whatever mm-hmm. as a I creator mean- I wouldn't be ecstatic at the idea of not having that kind of technical control. I mean, and there's also choosing to go your own route. You don't have to lose thirty percent to Apple or Google mm-hmm. as well. Exactly, which, you would which if is you were a doing this thing. Big cut. So, for something they have no right over, none. But we can have that conversation another day, maybe, Stephen. What do you have any particular thoughts about Super Follows? It just feels like too little, too late. The creators, to Federico's point, have already found mm. their things to do, right? Yeah, if they would have done this a few years ago, Twitter would have just absolutely owned it. Yeah, it's also interesting because you know we think about Twitter as like the most important social network, but out in the world, it's actually not very big. Even though it's where our community is focused and like, you know, where all of us are all day, that's not true out in the wider world. And I just can't help but wonder, like, how big could this be? You know, with something like Mm -hmm. Patreon, because it's independent of anything, no matter what social network you're 
content creator and your audiences are, you know, if it is Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or whatever, Patreon like is agnostic to all of those things. And so even if this is successful, which I think is not a guarantee, uh, it, it can't ever grow past a certain size because Twitter itself is limited in size in a way that I think we don't often see. No, I think that's a good point. Right, and like Patreon is its own thing and people know what it is and you can just say, go follow my Patreon and it's just clicking on a link, same as clicking on any link mm-hmm. and filling out the form. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, like you guys, like I have no... I just have no place in my life that I think this would even make sense for me as no, a, I a mean, person who create things to, to, to do. Because the things like the the things that I that I that I do for members, uh, work related stuff, right? That all, that that's already a huge part of of my day. And the thought of oh, but let's also do like a personal super follows type of thing. Like it's not that kind of a pressure and the kind of responsibility that I'm looking for right now. Because like what my music and video game recommendations are now paywalled with a super follow. It's like yeah, I think no, you know none of us are like influencer content creators, mm-hmm. right? Like if you are the type of person whose job is social media, like you kind of like uh, you know like social media for us, I think is very much like a, a, a secondary thing to the things that we do. That like maybe if you are like a social media influencer person, your brain is already in that world of creating content for those specific platforms. The thought of having some stuff which is like a little bit cordoned off, it's like an easier jump, right? Where it wouldn't be the same, I think. I, I just don't even know what I would put there. Honestly, like realistically, I just even if people were like, oh, we really want to give, you know, like I had a thousand people say to me, we really want to super follow you. I don't know what I would give you, right? Like, I just don't think I have it. What would you? Yeah, I have no idea what I would provide as content for you. But like, I think there are a lot of people that still could, you know, like it could work for them. Um, but I think that they they have potentially they are following this idea rather than having had it in the first place. And that's the problem where if Twitter would have, have had that idea a long time ago, uh, I think the market for things like Patreon would be very different. And I think Twitter would own quite a large slice of it. I, I agree with what Steven said about it's not necessarily the the place for everyone, but it's, I think it would be a place for enough people that they would have been much more legitimate competition, where by this point, everyone's kind of worked out their thing on their own. Yeah, like like who's going to leave Patreon for this? Or who starting out is going to think, let me just do this on Twitter instead of something like Patreon or Memberful or Rolling Your Own. Yeah. Now, there, there are some people, like there are creators out there, like the whole thing is on Twitter. And for them, I think it'll be great. Like a lot of comedians. As long as they haven't started it somewhere else. Yeah, and stuff like that. I think some of these people start Patreons, maybe they don't work as well as they would if they were Twitter-based completely, you know? This episode of Connected is brought to you by Mac Weldon. After taking a brief hiatus from outdoor activities and workout routines, it's time to get back to the grind with new spring essentials for Mack Weldon. With body mapping technology and fabric mesh zones, Mack Weldon's stealth boxer briefs deliver enhanced breathability and support, perfect for everyday wear or to be layered underneath workout gear. 
And for sweatpants you can wear outside without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants, check out Mack Weldon's new Ace Lines. Uh, I love spring because it means that I can start bike riding again, get outside, not be stuck just working out in the garage with a, with a space heater on. I love those early spring days uh, where you can get out and enjoy the warm weather again for the first time in months. And being comfortable, having good clothes, good workout wear is key to that routine. So whether you're shopping for socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, or active shorts, Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit so you can look great and feel great. From working out, going out, going to work, or on a date, Mack Weldon is for everyday life. With a wide range of customized fabrics, your garments will keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And don't forget to join Weldon Blue, the totally free loyalty program. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life, and once you spend $200, you are in Level 2. Get this, 20% off every order for the next year. That's really cool. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash connected and enter the promo code connected. That's MacWeldon.com slash connected, promo code connected for 20% off. Mack Weldon is reinventing men's basics. Our thanks to Mack Weldon for their support of the show and Relay FM. So we were talking earlier about if there would be uh, iPads in a March event if there was going to be one. I think one of the products that feels like it's certain it would be a new iPad and probably a new iPad Pro and probably the 12.9-inch iPad Pro would be that product. Um, there has been continued rumors about mini-LED and this is continuing. There was another uh, report about mini-LED iPad Pros uh, launching as soon as the end of March, which honestly isn't that long now. It's like it's a very strange 20 days. Uh, Mini LED would still be an LCD display, but have mini uh, LEDs backlighting behind it. So the backlighting would give higher brightness, improve contrast. There would be 5G and an A14 variant. This is stuff that we've kind of, thank you, probably known about for a while. But Stephen wanted to pose the question to us uh, of what we would want from a new iPad Pro in a kind of mythical uh, environment and so we all have a selection of things I think um, f- that we would like to talk about uh, there's a little bit of overlap here um, so maybe maybe I don't know how do you how should we do this Stephen you, you proposed it do we want to round robin what do you want to do mm, we don't all have the same number so the round robin would fall out of the sky oh imagine if a round robin wouldn't work for us can you imagine that if, if somehow it got in the wrong order we execute it so perfectly every time well, maybe we could just go in order that I'll just talk about my things and then if we get overlap, we just get overlap. So I think that every single product that Apple makes now uh, needs to have a better webcam, better front-facing camera. Like this has been a thing for a long time. Like I think even the iPhone needs a better selfie camera as always. It's such an important thing. But now everyone's been subject to how poor their front-facing cameras are you know like on their macs on their ipads um everybody wants better cameras we should have better cameras obviously it's way worse on the mac than it is on the ipad but the main problem i have with the ipad uh is the um the the location of it so when i have facetime calls and zoom calls 
I have my iPad in uh, horizontal mode, like in landscape mode, because it's nicer, you get a bigger screen. But the then when I'm looking at the camera, I'm looking at the people, it's always in the wrong place for me, off on one of the sides. I would much prefer the camera to be on the horizontal edge, right? On like the landscape edge, that's where I would want it to be. Uh, I think that that would be uh, much nicer. Do either of you agree or have any thoughts on the camera stuff? I agree, and I will go as far as saying I actually want two front-facing cameras, one on either side. Just give me two cameras because sometimes I get it. Like you want to chat in portrait and it makes more sense to have the camera on the shorter side of the iPad. Most of the time when you're working though, you want to have on the landscape side. So I would love to have two cameras, which is a common thread, I guess, in my wishes for this iPad Pro. Uh, because I'm also, I'm just gonna mention it right away. I also want two USB-C ports. So I guess with two front-facing cameras, you could like have 3D FaceTime calling. <laughs> yes, FaceTime 3D. <laughs> I think I think there's a possible problem with the iPad Pro camera being on the horizontal edge, is that that is where all the pencil magnets and charging stuff is, and so that's gonna happen. But could you just put it on the yeah. bottom edge? Then it's looking up your nose like those Dell notebooks used to uh, do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm thinking if you you if you use one of the cases, right? right which yes, like sorry. most people are going to have mm -hmm. it in yeah. a magic yeah. keyboard or some sort of mm -hmm. case most of the time. And so maybe that I think the pencil thing would have to that would have to be dealt with. It's not a showstopper. Clearly that they can de design products that work together, but I don't think it's as easy as like let's just put it over here. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It being off to the side is super weird and. It so much of the iPad, it feels like Apple just had to make a decision, and they made that decision ten years ago, eleven years ago. That the iPad is to be is a portrait first hardware device, even though from the beginning the software is better in landscape. It, they're just slowly coming around to things being more native, if you will, more more better. All being in landscape. Uh, I really more better. I yep, more better. Uh, can we talk about two USB C ports for a second? Yes. <laughs> Let's. What is that? What's going on there? Because I'm tired of using adapters and dongles. Okay. I just want to have one port for charging and the other for data or connecting a, okay. a monitor, whatever. Just give me... I mean, computers have multiple ports and uh, an iPad is a computer. What's a computer? Uh, I knew this was coming, so... Wait, wait, I, I what, just, can't you just charge through the Magic Keyboard? Yeah, I never do that. It's because it's also like slower charging. I don't trust well, that. Well, I, I will say on that one thing, they have given you two USB-C ports there. You're choosing not to use one of them. It well, charges fine. I don't know. I just, I prefer the idea of having multiple ports on the computer. Yeah, uh, I agree that there should be two USB-C ports on it. Like, why not? Like, why not do Why that? not? You, if if a MacBook has it, why not the iPad? It's just like, if you if you did it at all, then you know it's useful put another one on there, right? And look, you don't have to start putting all kinds of nonsense on there. You do not need to put an SD card reader on the iPad, no. right? You don't need to do that, right? No. You don't have to start putting, like, whatever on there. But Ethernet. two USB-C ports would be great. Like, why not? Let's just do it. The, the the question is not why. The question is why not? What about this new MagSafe? Mm. Put that on there and you one USB-C. How would you feel about that? Mm. What would that do? I don't know. Well, charge, and it'd be nice. I, I would much prefer MagSafe, a version of MagSafe charging on you on my iPad than um, USB-C okay. for charging. I'll give you that. Sure. If they do that, I will accept it 
MagSafe and USB-C. Like if the laptops are going to get MagSafe, why can't the iPads get MagSafe? MagSafe and USB-C, I would yeah. like. That I would like, yeah. yes. That would be cool, right? Yeah. Because as well, like the iPads are lighter than laptops. There's more risk of that thing flying off the table if I hit the cable. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm more likely to have it in places where that would occur anyway. So I would like MagSafe if they if that's the thing that comes to, to other products. That'd be cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I would also like better support for external displays. I'll ask this forever. This is I just want it to just do better. <laughs> just like just there's a lot better. of areas of better that they could do with this and they just need to just start doing a couple of them, right? Like let me lock the screen. There's part 1. And and then eventually uh aspect ratios. Give me give me different aspect ratios. I know that's that's aspect ratios and have multiple home screens. Yep. Drag and drop windows between displays. I mean, there's literally so much choice. It's not about having better external display support, it's about ha- having external display support yeah, okay. like, at <laughs> <Yeah>. all. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically not it's just mirroring. That's all it is. Yeah. So, my my next point, why not just make the bigger one bigger? Just I don't know. Just what could happen if there was an even bigger iPad? I don't know how big I want an iPad to be. Like I don't know how much I'm willing to have an iPad go, right? But there is a part of me that's like, why does it why can we not push past thirteen? Like could we go to fifteen? What would that be like? Yeah. Yeah. Again, also on my list. And the more I think about this, the more I feel like yeah, it's about having a bigger iPad, but really like this was a fun exercise because it made me realize that what I really want to see from a new iPad Pro is finish the event where where they announce it with the same feeling I had when they first introduced the iPad Pro in 2015 of like it's been 6 years and I want to have that feeling of oh no they didn't again like that surprise that genuine surprise of Mm. they did some crazy stuff that I was not expecting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I want to feel yeah. that way again. Yeah, yeah. I see that. But I don't I don't know how. You remember how we felt like suddenly they just, it, they didn't just announce an iPad Pro, they sort of validated our feelings about it in a way that we were not necessarily expecting. And yeah, I mean... Mini LED, fine. 5G, okay, thank you. Maybe longer battery life, sure. But how the can you make it like feel new, like really new, and try something really different? Because more or less, I mean, besides the redesign in 2018, with the switch, so we got the the new display design and the switch to USB C. Really, the excitement has come from the accessories. Yeah. Not necessarily from the iPad Pro itself. Yeah, that, that the 2018 redesign, whilst it still feels and looks great, the 2020 iPad Pro models specifically make me feel the same way that you do, where it's like, well, now you've kind of kept the hardware the same for a while. I'm kind of mm-hmm. wanting and slightly expecting you to surprise me again. And I will say that in the last six years, so since 2015, we've talked about the iPad Pro more in in the context of two things. 
it's software and it's it's accessories yeah. not the ipad pro itself which yeah. i understand but it's also very different from the way that we talk about iPhones and the way that we talk about MacBooks. That's really interesting. And I wonder why. Is it just because it's such a different product or is it because Apple isn't trying hard enough? And I don't have a good answer to that. I don't have an answer to that question either, but that's a very interesting insight. I, I On the accessories, I do one another... Uh, I say I use the same phrase to blow me away again. I want another exciting new accessory, right? Like mm. Apple Pencil, Apple Pencil 2, Magic Keyboard, all of these things were like, oh my God, like yeah. I did not expect this. I want another accessory like that. You know, I, I would love to see uh, Magic Keyboard 2 at some point where it, it can do, as we said, do what it does, but better, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> keep doing everything the Magic Keyboard is good at, yeah. but improve on it you know better angles viewing angles and all that kind of stuff i would love to see that i would love to just i just want to keep seeing them pushing the ipad with this additional hardware i i think one of the reasons that maybe we don't potentially talk about the ipad hardware so much is because apple does such a good job with the accessories right like apple's ipad pro accessories are the best accessories apple makes like nothing even comes close to how much these accessories, these first-party accessories, change how the, the the product feels to use, and like you can adapt it and make it better. So I would I want to keep seeing them do that. It makes sense in this line. You keep you know you especially as we spoke about this right, like when they trickle down the other accessories, you need right. to continue innovating at the top end to make the iPad Pro worth it as a product to people because. Right now, you know, I can imagine so many people rightly choose to buy an iPad Air over an 11-inch iPad Pro. Makes a lot more sense, yeah. Especially for if you want a, an 11-inch iPad, it makes yeah. There's there's just too much overlap right that right there right now. And so you've got to expect that they are going to attempt that to change that in some way. I don't know what it will be, but accessories are always a great way to do it. And it's also great because you know I'm sure Apple were very happy with the Magic Keyboard because they could sell it to lots of people. Right, and it costs a lot of money, <laughs> but they could sell it to to previous iPad Pro users yeah. as well. So, so that's my little list. I know Federico, you have a couple more than me, and uh, Stephen has a couple more. Too. I mean, um, I mentioned two USB C ports and the other stuff, the the two cameras, external display support, and a bigger model was also on my list. So I'm just gonna mention longer battery life because why not? Like, uh, I can go through my iPad Pro's battery if I work a lot on a particular day. Uh, it would be nice if I could, you know, if it could go until the next morning. Not that I would want to work until the next morning, but I dislike having the 20% warning at 11 p.m. You know, it's not something... Yeah, I've been thinking about the battery, right? They always had that 10-hour battery because... It was always so good and it's always so long and nothing else could touch it. So why change it? But now... But the new Macs... Exactly. Yeah. Like they get way better battery life than the iPad, which I think is now time to consider, can you get more battery life out of an iPad? Because that 10 hour figure is just not as impressive anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why I put it on the list. Mm. And the other one is even louder speakers. I I don't want to say I enjoy listening to music on the iPad Pro. I mean, it's obviously not as good as a as as a as an actual uh, speaker as a HomePod or really as an Amazon Echo even. 
but they are decent speakers for a tablet and they're loud enough. So if you can make those better, please and thank you. Uh, Do you also take pictures with your iPad Pro? <laughs> Use the <as a> camera? <laughs> sometimes of my dogs. If they're doing something particularly funny and my phone is like in the other room, then yes, I will take a picture. Uh, but that's literally the only scenario. But yes, better speakers. I mean, again, mm -hmm. why not? But all of these things are, again, iterative updates, right? It's like making something that already exists better. Whereas I would like to see something that doesn't exist. And I want to be shocked, right? I want to feel like I felt in November 2015 or September, whenever that was. It's, it's more about missing that feeling and craving that feeling than, you know, sure, I'll get a new iPad Pro with a better display and a better system on a chip and whatever yeah but just i want to feel good about it too what if they switch it to intel you know the mac's going one way <laughs> take the ipad the other way no i mean that would be a surprise we have all these xeon chips <laughs> <laughs> that would be surprising uh i just i wonder now this is probably just a stupid um idea but could apple make something like like a better version and again think about it in the context of a real quality accessory made by apple that costs a lot of money but look at something like the kensington studio dock which is coming out soon could apple maybe make a better version of that and sort of really make an accessory that turns your ipad pro into a desktop workstation Maybe that's something, that would be one of the new things that like, I would not expect from Apple would make the iPad Pro a lot more pro for professional users and could be another accessory to add to the lineup and you could charge a lot of, a lot of money. You, know? you could charge people a lot of money to pay for that kind of accessory. So a charging pad, multiple USB ports, a stand that supports rotation, maybe do something special for the Apple Pencil. That kind of thing is what I... These aren't three products. Exactly. You getting it yet? It's one product. And it $1,000. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of out-of-the-ordinary wild stuff that I would like Apple to do more with the iPad Pro. That's the end of my list. 5G, Steven, baby! Okay. All right. Sure. Oh, wow. Kay. Okay. I think it's been the M1 MacBook Pro, or maybe it's been that I haven't really left my house very much in a year. I just don't use my iPad Pro for work. And it makes me, it makes it difficult to get excited about a new one because it's not really in the market, probably. I agree with everything y'all said. Uh, the only thing I would add, and it's just Apple just doesn't do this on pro hardware. They leave all the fun colors for the the standard hardware, and I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. I think you can have colors on an iPad Pro, and it'd be fun. Professional people like to have fun, too, yeah, right? Yeah, pro fun. So yeah. I like to see them do that, but really, I'm just, uh, I want a modern, slightly bigger iPad mini. That's what I want. Okay, you've kind of cheated, but I agree with you. I would also like a modern iPad mini. If that's the conversation yeah. we're going to have right now, yeah, I would love and that. That could happen. Never know. I mean, it could. Yeah, the, I don't know. The only other know. thing I, I would add seriously is um, you, the cost is, I think, still too high. Uh, you know, the iPad Air kind of sits in the middle now, and so you, you, you do run the risk of running into that. So maybe they both get bigger and you can space them out a little bit better, but... 
Right. Like you can buy an iPad Pro and a smart keyboard and spend more than a MacBook Air. Like wh- wh- <laughs> I don't, I just don't know if that's where the iPad Pro needs to be. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, head on over to our website, relay.fm slash connected slash 336. While you're there, you can get in touch. You can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can also join and become a member of Connected Pro. That gets you a bunch of really cool stuff, including a lot of fun stuff from Relay, but also a longer ad-free version of the show each week. This week, we talked about a lot of things. I don't remember. It was wild. What did we talk about in the pre-show? We spoke about Zoom. Yes. I spoke about my issues with home security systems. That's right. Reaped basis. Yeah. Yeah. We spoke about... Cool CEOs. I don't even know how to sum it up. Cool CEOs. Good good looking. Whether it's Steve Jobs is cool. And walking the fine line between confidence and coolness... Yeah. And the very few people who, who have both. And Steve Jobs on a motorbike. Yes. Yeah, that sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> so if any of that sounded good to you, uh, go join Connected Pro. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find Mike, if you just can't get enough of Mike in your life, uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at I-M-Y-K. You can super follow him on Twitter, <laughs> even. Super follow. For me, every follow is a super follow, you know? Oh, my followers super in my heart. He also hosts a bunch of shows here on Relay FM, and he twitches keyboard stuff mm. at Mike.Live. That's very true. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, I have a question for you. Sure. What is your favorite holiday? Uh, once I, I would have said Christmas, but I think... As I grow older, I'm running into something that that my mom used to say and that I didn't really understand when I was little, which is the older you grow, the sadder the Christmas becomes. Just because you lose that magic of, you know, being a kid, you know, and my grandma, for example, is not around anymore. And it's just Christmas is not as 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 fun as it used to be at least in my family maybe it's not the same for everybody i hope it's not the same for everybody but at least for me it's not my favorite anymore now easter it's not really uh, i mean it's a holiday but it's never uh, at least in italy it's not a huge thing you know easter we have like a lunch and then on easter monday we go to the beach or something like that that leaves um I don't know what what does that leave uh, my birthday <laughs> and uh, uh, well we have a, a a holiday in Italy called Ferragosto which is on the fifteenth of August uh, which is in theory like a religious thing but in practice it's always been an excuse for people to get together uh, and party and get drunk. Um, I cannot think of any other holiday. Well, and there's also New Year's Eve, right? Obviously. So, I want to say that it comes down... I dislike the pressure of New Year's Eve and having, like, being forced to come up with plans for New Year's Eve. I am not counting Valentine's Day because we don't celebrate it. Sylvia and I, we don't care about Valentine's Day. So, that leaves my birthday and the 15th of August. 
I mean, my birthday is on the 10th of August, so also in the same period, basically. Uh, so I will say, given how my life has changed over the past few years, I will say that my favorite holiday is my birthday because I get to go out for dinner wow. with my friends. You, your eat- favorite holiday is the one that is about you only. Yes. <laughs> really a holiday at that point. I mean, I hope that you were able to follow along with my detailed explanation as to why I have issues with other holidays. So, I mean, okay, so if I were to choose, like, the personal pick would would be all about me and my birthday. But if I were to set my ego aside for a moment, which I know can be challenging for me, I would say <laughs> Ferragosto on the 15th of August yeah. or, is or my favorite. Or Federico's late birthday. As it's known. Or, yeah. yes, also known as my late birthday, five days later. Yes. All right. I'm glad we got that cleared up, I think. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels.net. Before we go, I want to tell you about another show on Relay FM that you may enjoy, and that is Focused by David Sparks and Mike Schmitz. Uh, we all have these distractions all day, every day. It can be hard to focus, it can be a struggle to find that superpower. But David and Mike can show you how. Go to relay.fm slash focused or search for focused wherever you get your podcast. And it's a good show. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for this show. And they are, of course, Pingdom, Hover, and Mac Weldon. Until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.